I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Chief around here, yeah, you see me, the tribal chief. That's right.
What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 371 of the Hoots Podcast, recording to you live from the Break Free Room here in Chicago, Illinois. It's Thursday, July 27. It's your boy, Joshy. I'm chilling here. It's rocking and rolling. If you want to follow us on Twitter, make sure to check out the Hoots Podcast. If you want to follow me at Twitter or X or wherever the fuck you're calling it, you can follow me at the same place as well, at the Hoots Podcast. If you want to check me out at Instagram, it's at uh, Josh Lopez Media. You get all that extra information in the description of this video. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, make sure to do us a favor and like this video and subscribe to our channel. It's run the road to 1,000 subscribers. If you're watching this on uh, Facebook, please do me a favor, uh, like the video, and uh, come say hello in the chat box. Um, also, if uh, if you guys are checking this out in the audio version, uh, just make sure to uh, follow the show on spotify and make sure to share out the links as well because it helps it not only expand the reach of the show but we have to reach 100 unique spotify listeners to uh qualify for ambassador ads and uh run the <laughs> trying to just expand the reach and the content uh of what this podcast could really be and we appreciate the support we are 29 episodes away from uh reaching episode 400 of the hoots podcast um I'm very curious to see how tonight's episode is going to go because I really want the uh, focus to be on the just the current shows, not as much on the wrestling Twitter stuff as I have been in the last couple of episodes. And I really try my best to to try to keep focus on what the focus should be, which is the product. And I think that's really what's made uh, the show kind of resonate compared to others where we're not really bogging down on dumb dirt sheet narratives or stuff that's on wrestling Twitter. Really, we, uh, well, I've really, what I take pride in with this show, not only is this authentic nature of what the show is, but, uh, just when we, when it comes to the parts where we are talking about the shows that we keep it to that. And we're not really harping too much on the stuff that, that doesn't matter and has wasted energy. And, um, right now I just want to, come on here and just deliver another badass show for you guys we've been doing this show for about seven years now and i'm very uh appreciative for each and every single one of you who've taken time to either watch one episode of the hoops hoops podcast regardless of who's been my co-host over the years or not um i really do appreciate uh each and every single one of you yeah man we're about a week and a half away from SummerSlam, which i'm very excited for uh, we got NXT Great American Bash uh, taking place on Sunday, which I'll be making some preview and predictions for when we get to the WWE segment this week. Also, we got a week two report of the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, G1 Climax Tournament that I've been covering nonstop. Uh, make sure to check out my G1 transcripts at uh, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And... It wouldn't be the podcast of Hoots without a new episode, <laughs> or not, not new episode, but a new edition of uh, What the Hell's Wrong with AEW. So, tonight should be a fun episode. If you're watching this, just come say hello. Uh, if anything's on your mind, if anything wrestling related you want to talk about, just let me know and we can have some fun with that as the show goes on. I would like to start off the show today uh, just giving my thoughts out to my uh, Theo Jose, who's... Uh, who had shoulder surgery today. I haven't got the chance to talk to him yet since uh, the surgery went down, so I hope everything went well with him. Uh, he's in my thoughts and prayers. I um, also just want to give a shout-out again to everybody who's been uh, supporting me with the whole uh, weight loss thing and 
I've been having fun with that, and um, <laughs> today was no different. I did. I got around 9,000 steps between two different reps of 45 minutes each. I've never done that before, but um, that, that that was fun to do today. But, um, yeah, Matt, I just got the eye of the prize. I feel great. I've just been having some fun and spending a lot of time on just reshaping a lot of things, not just myself from a physical point of view, but also a mental point of view, and just uh, reimagining myself in some ways, too, where um, how do I love myself? You know, I said it last week, how can you expect anybody to love you uh, if you don't love yourself? So um, it's really taking this time to focus on me and just try to keep things from a positive mental perspective. So um, let's have some fun, right? Uh, don't forget, also, we have the clown of the week. <laughs> oh, boy, do we have a lot to discuss today when that is concerned. I do have to say, though, um, <laughs> it's really unfortunate that we got to this point. Um, but my White Sox are just a complete and utter dumpster fire. They, they really are, man. It's it's embarrassing. Uh, the, that team is a complete and utter clown show. It should be turned into a parking lot. It is an absolute embarrassment to what the city is. And really, the bar is really not that high in Chicago when it comes to sports. So me saying that the uh, my bad, the White Sox are ass really doesn't change things because the entire city of Chicago sports is ass. So <laughs> uh, when we say hashtag we stinks, uh, we're not lying about that. Um, on a summer note, uh, I want to give out my uh, prayers and condolences to uh, the family of Randy Meisner, um, who unfortunately passed away yesterday uh, at the age of 77. Uh, for those who don't know, Randy was the original bass guitar player for the Eagles, which is my personal favorite uh, music band. And um, very, very sad. I know the guy was dealing with a lot of health issues over the last couple of years or so. Uh, so glad that he's no longer in pain, but, um, there, there was some sort of hope, you know, a lot of people were hoping that maybe, uh, Randy could be part of this final tour that the Eagles are going to be doing. I think they're calling it the long goodbye tour. Um, I'm an Eagles mark. Uh, I probably besides the Beatles are probably, probably my favorite band of all time. And I got the chance to go see them again at the United Center last year. Um, and they were playing a lot of Randy songs like uh, Take It to the Limit, uh, Try and Love Again, which is another great song. I wanted to play some of those songs on here today, but <laughs> you know what it is with Eagles music and stuff on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> that is a slippery slope, but nonetheless, uh, I just want to send my condolences out to uh, Randy, his family, and the entire Eagles because uh, Randy was a very underrated uh, bass guitar player. And uh, just a very talented singer. I mean, if you guys ever type in uh, Eagles Take It to the Limit uh, live version, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. The guy got, <laughs> he has falsettos that I'll never be able to reach. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, but Randy was a tremendous um, musician. He was a uh, part of Polko before he joined the Eagles. And um, you'll be sorely missed, Randy. So salute to you, sir. Alright, let's start the show as we usually do with the Back Porch Q&A session. As always, if you have any questions here for us here on the Hoots Podcast, all you have to do is hit us up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. We start off as we usually do with the good brother Chris Zaletta at X Team Zaletta24X. 
Uh, make sure to throw out the X, ladies and gentlemen. And before I before I get started here, I have to say, uh, it's not Eli Musk's fault that Twitter has now become X. It's my fault that Twitter became X. See, you maybe for those who watch may think that I was gonna blame Chris for it because I say, hey, everybody, let's throw up, let's throw up the X for Chris every week, right? No, <laughs> I am taking full responsibility for that because I'm the one that says it. It's not Chris's fault. Um, I'm sorry, brother. I appreciate the support you give the podcast. I was not expecting that Twitter would become literally a letter. I was not expecting that. So, <laughs> uh, Chris, um, it's not your fault, my man. But, hey, nonetheless, draw up the extra Chris because he's a good brother of good brothers. Anyways, I wanted to say here, uh, let's get to his first question here. He says, um, all right, got it here. Uh, Tim Anderson was once a promising young star for your White Sox. What went wrong? Well, uh, off the diamond issues, um, inflated ego, and just performance. Um, Tim Anderson was a promising young star and a guy that a lot of people wanted to root for him. I was rooting for the guy. I, he was one of the main reasons I was excited for what I thought was going to be the White Sox future. But it's, it's just the nature of Chicago sports. This is when you think something's going to get good and sustainable. It just fizzles out. Kind of like how I, I was excited for Mitch uh, Trubisky for the 2018 Bears and that whole team in general. And then, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we get unrealistic expectations from the fans and the media. Some athletes can't handle public pressure. The fans don't know what they want. The media don't know what they want. Half the time, the organizations don't know what the hell they're doing half the time. So we're in this, like, vortex of nonsense. And that is really what Chicago sports is. So I'm not surprised that we've seen Tim Anderson's production diminish as this time's gone on. And it's really it's really unfortunate because I was a fan of the guy. <laughs> and then we hear about his stuff off the diamond with his girl and his baby mama and all this stuff. And I'm like... It's just time to cut bait, man. And it's unfortunate because I thought hey, that's somebody you want to root for. And he's genuine about his business. But, hey, man, you, you don't know these people. <laughs> you don't. So I watch, I watch these athletes on TV, and that's it. I'm not going out of their way to see what their personal life is. But when it's plastered all over the news, like, it's hard to not acknowledge it. But um, it is what it is, man. Uh, next question. Uh, who faces Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam? Liv and Raquel. Uh, I say zero, Chris. I don't think Rhea Ripley's having a title defense at that pay-per-view. Uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, there's not a big enough opponent to necessitate another women's match on that show. Alrighty, there's four. I think there's already three women's matches on that premium live event for SummerSlam. You got Shayna and Ronda. You got uh, the triple threat match, Asuka Bianca, Charlotte, and then Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. So, no, my bad. Yeah, Ronda and Shayna, the triple threat, and then Becky and Trish Stratus. So, I I think, like I said last week, the only scenario I saw was going to happen was Rhea fighting Raquel maybe under Raw before SummerSlam or after the fact. 
But now where things stand, I just don't see where Rhea defends the title at SummerSlam. And there's already so much going on with the Judgment Day. I think her plate will be full, uh, if you know what I mean, <laughs> when it comes to the stuff going on with the Judgment Day. Um, all right, let's go to the next question here. He says, um, what match are you looking forward to the most for NXT Great American Bash? That is a great question. Uh, for me, the match I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov just because of the clash of styles between these two guys. I like what they do. I think Carmelo Hayes has been having a good run as NXT champion. I've been a fan of Ilya Dragunov uh, since his run in NXT UK. The guy is fantastic. He's been having... He, if you want you want like an example of what barn burner looks like <laughs> uh in the dictionary Ilya Dragunov's face will pop up and it's a clash of styles i'm i'm just intrigued for it from a wrestling point of view i think that's going to be good and also i think the uh triple threat match with Dom Wesley and Mustafa Ali should be pretty good and uh, the card overall for um for Great American Bash is not too shabby, I gotta say. So, <laughs> I, I like I like what I see so far, and I think it's gonna be a good show coming up on Sunday. All right, let's go to the next question here. Um, it says, "If SummerSlam is it for a while for Ronda, do you think she eventually comes back one day?" Uh, yes or no? I, it just depends on what the right opponent is. And honestly, does anybody care whether or not her and Becky have a one-on-one match at WrestleMania? Okay, whoopity do they talk shit to each other on Twitter or X? <laughs> like, I, I I don't care whether or not they have a program with each other. Sorry to be blunt about it, Chris. That's not a knock towards you in your question. Honestly, for me, uh, I'm done with Ronda Rousey. She could go home and stay home, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what was Cody Rhodes' best work outside of his recent return to WWE to you? Uh, to me, I think the best work that Cody did. Uh, when he went and left WWE back in 2016, uh, was the stuff he was doing in Ring of Honor. Uh, I remember specifically the program that he had with Jay Lethal over the Ring of Honor World Championship, and also uh, some of the matches he had in New Japan, whether it's the one with uh, Kenny for one of those uh, US, um, New Japan and USA specials, or uh, Cody and Juice Robinson at a Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Cody... I think his best work outside of WWE was from a performer performance point of view was in Ring of Honor in New Japan, but obviously from a business point of view, it'd probably be AEW. And then, for honestly, for me, the only thing in AEW that I enjoyed from Cody uh, during that time period was uh, the match that he had with his brother, and that was it. So um, that's how I could go <laughs> go about that question. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to the next one here. Uh, Chris says, uh, if New Japan and WWE had a working relationship, would, what would you rather see the main roster working with the New Japan talents or NXT guys with New Japan talent? Well, I, I just I think about it. you got to picture what it is just visually, right? You just got to go with the juggler and go with the main rosters, guys. Like, who wouldn't want to see... Roman Reigns against uh, Okada. Who wouldn't want to see Seth Rollins against Will Ospreay? Who wouldn't want to see Cody Rhodes against uh, Naito or something like that? Or Cody Rhodes against uh, Tanahashi? 
uh, I could keep going on and on. Uh, like, uh, who wouldn't want to see? How about this one? Who wouldn't want to see Kevin Owens against uh, Shingo Takagi or my guy Ishii having a rematch with Gunther? I know they had a match at Rev Pro about a few years ago, right? Uh, Ishii has fought Walter before. But you get my point here. You want these main roster guys to go against New Japan. And honestly, I think <laughs> that's the funny thing about this whole Forbidden Door like thing that's going on in AEW. It's crazy. The better matches actually would have been in WWE just from the clash of styles and just the overall look of it. When AEW versus New Japan kind of cancels each other out because they both have the same styles, so you're not seeing anything different. So if you had a WWE New Japan crossover show, <laughs> you would have a lot of big business, even on a bigger scale uh, than AEW. Obviously, they have more distribution. It would have worked out better that way. Obviously, I'm not I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know at this point. But what I'm saying is, like Roman Reigns against Okada, Osprey and Rollins, Cody and Naito. Gunther and Ishii, Kevin Owens and Shingo. You, you could go on to the cows go home w- with different people. <laughs> uh, it's a good roster right now. Hell, put hell even put Sheamus against Ishii. Uh, that would be a barn burner too. <laughs> so that, that that's how I could go about that question. But that's a good one. Uh, thank you, Chris, so much for the questions. As always, brother, I appreciate you as always. Uh, next, we go to the good brother, Mike Rubio, at Main Event Swerve. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter as well there. Uh, he says, what up, Boost? I am more motivated by hearing about your steps and fitness goals, so please note that. I hope it continues to churn for you, brother. I'm glad to get time to visit the back porch for some q and I appreciate you, my man. Yeah, man, that, this stuff's been going good. Uh I'm definitely churning, man. <laughs> I'm feeling stuff that I haven't felt in almost a decade. And that's a good sign. Like, just some stuff. And, and not even, like, in a fatigue type of way. But I feel it once, like, I'm done with my reps-wise. Like, it, I I have different reps, obviously, for different days. I strive to at least get an hour a day of uh, steps in. But sometimes it goes over. Sometimes I go 80 minutes. Sometimes I go 90 minutes. Um, originally, I said it. Originally, when I started doing this, I had the goal of at least getting 5,000 steps. Because I wanted to uh, just start at a basic level and make sure that I was being consistent with this whole thing. But just as I started going to fold this thing, I started <laughs> feeling a lot better. And I wanted to test myself. And, you know, things started gradually. So instead of one day averaging 5,300 stats, I would start averaging 6,000. And then the week after that, would be around 7,000. Like, hover, hover over 6 and 7. Now I'm starting to average 8. And I think that's just showing this side of progress that I'm going about it the right way. And I'm, not <laughs> I'm just doing it at this point. You know, it's pretty funny. Uh, there's a... Um, a saying that DJ Khaled has that says, like, what, another one? <laughs> another one. Another one. And that's how I feel like where my life is right now. So 
Every other day, there's a new G1 show to cover with post-match comments. So give me another one. Uh, and then there's a podcast record like this. Another one. I've been doing some new uh, live streams with different uh, technology. So another one. Um, during the week, I have like this layout of meal preps that I have four times or five times a week now. So it's another one. So this week, I had rotisserie chicken and white rice. Four days in a row. So another one, another one, another one, another one. And then, um, like I said, like recording this show, another one. So each day could feel monotonous on paper to other people, but I'm I'm really going for this. I'm, I haven't felt fatigued. I haven't felt, I haven't got to the point where I felt like there's a day I want to take off because I'm just exhausted. Like I'm still getting good enough sleep. I'm still finding the ways to do the G1 coverage on my website, even though I'm not getting paid for it. Um, I'm still being productive as I can to fit these steps in and just do it. And that, that's the thing. I, I you know, I, I, hey, Nike, if you want to support and sponsor the podcast, we more than be honored to <laughs> be the first wrestling podcast to be sponsored by Nike. But honestly, this whole weight loss stuff really just bogs down to by just doing it and um <laughs> i'm gonna shock a lot of people once i finally reach my goal and whenever that time comes in oh man that's gonna be a lot of fun and i, I already I already could tell that i'm making progress and uh, i'm just excited to just continue doing it you know people have their philosophies oh you should have ten thousand day uh, ten thousand steps a day oh you should do steps oh you should do that Go at your pace and do it on your own terms. The most important thing about doing this thing is actually doing it. And I, I feel as satisfied doing 8,500 steps as I would be doing 10,000 steps a day. It's about consistency. And it's not only consistency with that. I haven't drank soda in uh, two months. I haven't had any takeout food in two months. I rarely have had any sugar stuff in two months um water <laughs> ginger ale is what i've been stuck with <laughs> over the last couple months like i'm just changing a lot of different things and i'm just doing this for me now and it, it's been it's been fun and you know to do that do the g1 still have fun with doing this life is good man i i got no complaints i really don't Let's get to his first question here. He says, first, I have some big news. I just got accepted into the doctoral program in the University of Houston system, uh, system care. I appreciate, uh, appreciate, uh, not appreciate, I'm sorry. Congratulations, brother. I'm very happy for you. That's pretty cool. Care to share any words of wisdom for going back to school or from Brother Carter's point of view from the past? Um, Mike, if that's something that you feel like you need to do to challenge yourself and that's what makes you happy, do it regardless of what life decision is do it because you want to do it. Not because you feel like you have to do something. And that's, that, that'd be awesome. If, if for you to become a doctor, brother Carter's now a, a doctor of music. Uh, I know it's funny on paper to call brother Carter a doctor, but he deserted. He spent a lot of time going to school and stuff like that, you know, sometimes people would be dissatisfied with their four-year college degree and be done with it by being 22 or, 
uh, 23 years old. I mean, Brother Carter got his master's and doctoral degrees, I think, in his late 30s or early 40s. <laughs> Which is the crazy thing. Like, Brother Carter, I think, is like 12 or 13 years older than me. So, <laughs> um, things go in different directions with a lot of different people. If this is something you want to do and you know you can accomplish it and you're doing it for yourself, go for it. That's the only advice I can give. I went after what I wanted with broadcasting because I wanted to challenge myself and I knew I did not have the funds or means to go to a four-year college for music and stuff like that. And that that's just what the situation was. I pivoted and took a chance on something and it ended up working really well for me. I didn't think I was going to be doing this stuff when I was in high school. I just thought I was going to be <laughs> touring around the world, being a backup guitar player, uh, touring around the world for different artists and stuff. I never thought I was going to be doing a podcast. <laughs> I didn't know people would give two shits what I had to say on a microphone. Hell, half the time my mom would tell me, oh, you're so antisocial, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> I, I've had everything told to me, known to man about me being shy or antisocial. It's really two different things. I'm very um, reserved in nature, but I'm also very observant of what I allow energy-wise towards me. And I am a good person to talk to. I have a good time. I do have a sense of humor. I, I can have a personality. But also, uh, that's that's if I allow people to... If that's, that's on me if I allow people to come in. You know, that that's my decision. Doing this show is therapy. It's a challenge. <laughs> there are days where I don't know if people still care what I have to talk about with wrestling. I'll be honest with you guys with that. Uh, sometimes I don't know if you guys care. Uh, I wonder if maybe if we got more numbers, if I come on here and talk more about booking like everybody else does. Or do my best uh, JD from New York impression. Or do my best uh, Solomonster impression where he has snarky comments for every topic that he does on his show. Like, I, I just shoot from him, man. I'm just me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to put an act out for people. You know, I wonder maybe you could do things to uh, expand to another level. But I think the following that we've had with this show for the last seven years is because of that. Because I've stayed true to myself and stay true to my words since I've been starting the show back in 2016. I'm not changing from anybody. You can agree or disagree with my views in professional wrestling. That's more than fine. Um, the last thing I'm going to do is come in here and act like my shit don't stink. Okay? So that that's just what it is. Um, he says here for his next question, my four-month-old is already more than two feet long. Do you notice kids growing faster like they're something in the water or something? Or is my daughter just taking after me being 6'4"? It's probably the latter. I don't have any kids, so I'm the wrong person to ask here with that. <laughs> um, Grayson Waller and The Rock. Are we doing this? Is this really happening at SummerSlam? I don't know if it's happening, but uh, maybe they could pull it off. You know, with um, this whole rider strike, uh, maybe The Rock could possibly show up at SummerSlam. I don't know. That, that, that's a possibility. I do. I don't. <laughs> I don't hold anything against Grayson Waller for doing it. Shoot your shot, Oosh. <laughs> Seriously, shoot your shot. <laughs> you want to talk smack about the great one? 
think about what it could do for Grayson Waller, not only to have a main event match at Masters Garden with uh, at Masters Square Garden with Edge, but the following month at the second biggest show of the year, you get to uh, brush elbows with The Rock. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. I'm not opposed to if it happens. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> Speaking of which, what do you look forward to the most at SummerSlam given the match card so far? Um, just from a personal transcriptional point of view, it would probably be Gunther and Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. The fan in me is very intrigued to see what's going to go down with uh, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins for that World Heavyweight Championship match. And then overall, I'm just... I'm just very excited to see what the next chapter, the next plot point is in this Bloodline story uh, with the tribal combat match with uh, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. So I just think in total, this is, we're, in, we're in store for a very good pay-per-view uh, next Saturday. And I'm very excited. The card's very good. Uh, like I said, Gunther and McIntyre can steal the show. You got Brock and Cody with their issues. The women, I think, are going to put on a barn burner with that triple threat match. It's going to be a good show next Saturday in Detroit. Uh, sucks that it's in Detroit, but <laughs> you get my point. <laughs> um, next question. It, is Detroit an example of a city you wish you drove to for SummerSlam even though you don't drive? If not, where else would you be okay driving to? Man, that's a good question. Uh, it's just a personal choice for me, uh, an anxiety point of view where why I do not want, why I personally choose to not drive or have the interest or want to uh, start driving. I, I get it's important. I get it. Uh, it helps a lot, you know, doing your errands and stuff like that. It's a good thing to have to get out of the house. Um, it's more of an anxiety issue. If I didn't have that, yeah, maybe I'd be driving with the best of them. <laughs> um, it's it's a hard question to answer because I really don't think about it because I just don't see myself driving. If if I had my druthers, maybe I would like drive to Minneapolis for a Bears Viking game. Maybe I would drive to uh, Houston just because I never been there before. I think that'd be cool. And it feels up to me. I'm just ready to move and just start the next chapter of my life. All right. Hey, get me to Florida now. <laughs> so, uh, really, honestly, Mike, it's just I don't really think about it. I don't really think about driving. So, I don't have exact places I want to go to for driving. But I'll, I just wanted to answer the question so I wasn't leaving you hanging. What is the first thing you do during a power outage lasting more than a few minutes? After about 10, 15 minutes, what do you start doing at home? Well, <laughs> uh, I knock on wood, I haven't run into any major power outages here uh, in my new apartment. Um, it's just, you gotta sit and wait. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> um, I, I just haven't run into that issue yet. Um, I think at the old apartment, I may have had it once, but really when it happened, it was like nighttime. So I just took a nap and then by the time I woke up, it was starting to work better. And also when I was over there, I kind of had an issue with the cable and internet going at the same time. And it's just really Xfinity sucks when it comes to cable. I'm just going to keep it 100. It's not worth it. If, if you if you want to watch TV, if, it that, if it's that important to have certain channels that you need to watch, 
go get YouTube TV. Seriously, like during the last uh, football season, I was paying like eighty five bucks a month. I got all the channels that I would have gotten on <laughs> Xfinity cable, plus the internet. Like it really, it's not worth what Xfinity charges people for cable and internet at the same time. So um, that is a very good question. Uh, what is the one app that you cannot live without on your smartphone if it was the only one you could use? Uh, well, that's a good question. I, I think for me, uh, just from a mental health point of view, it's probably YouTube because um, before I go to sleep or whenever I start feeling down, I go and shut out and just listen to music. So it'll probably be YouTube for sure. Uh, what is the only TV or music app that you would use if limited to one? Um, TV, obviously, um, I'll go with either YouTube TV or Netflix. Or when it comes to music, I would go with uh, Spotify or YouTube. Um, by the way, you can get the Hoots podcast on YouTube and Spotify. There's your cheap plug right there. Um, what can you say about God's timing in life? Many say it's never late or always on time, but it doesn't get it pretty close to late, if not late sometimes. Um, th- yeah, that's a that's a good question as well. Um, that that gets into some tricky waters, you know. Uh, we talked a little bit about praying last week. Um, really, when it comes to all of this, this off the cuff, just from my experience and just how I view things. Um, I could get out of my pre. I've done this before. I could get down on my knees the night before a job interview with the local radio station. Uh, you guys know the story. I've had multiple job interviews with ESPN 1000 and 670 score here in Chicago. And for the same producer, uh, for excuse me, same producer and board op position. And I've done multiple. I've been very lucky and blessed to have those opportunities to have the interview. I'm not complaining. Um, I'm just explaining what my situation was. So I've had multiple interviews for the same position, right? And I've done, I tried different approaches. I, uh, nights before uh, interviews, I would get on my knees and pray, pray to God, hey, I hope this is happening. And, you know, this in my life, I've been really accustomed to being told no. Um, I've dealt with a lot of personal rejection in my life. I've been burned. Uh, I've been lied to by people I'm supposed to trust. Um, it hasn't been an easy upbringing. I'm just keeping it 100. But nobody, and I'm, not, I'm not looking for sympathy because I'm not the only one, you know. And when it comes to timing, and I just, for me, I, I really try to keep a positive perspective because all this is happening for a reason or a reason as much as I am a goal oriented person. And I, I, sometimes I ask myself the question of why haven't I got to this point where I'm working for a wrestling company or why I haven't got accepted by uh, ESP 1000 or a score. Um, anytime those, I got those rejections or the stuff with Lauren or anything of rejection or being told no, um, I, I just try to leave it in God's hands and let him show me when my time is my time. And that's just my approach to it. 
Um, it's not that I'm not, I don't have the approach of taking things that I want. Um, it's just like, I have, I have ambition. I have drive. I have wants. I have needs. Uh, I, I talk about my work, that work ethic. Uh, people know my work ethic, but we all know that, you know, at the end of the day, we can't force the issue and I can't, I can't sit here and blame God for why I haven't been hired by one of these sports stations as much as frustrating as that is for me, where I don't understand what I'm doing wrong, where I know within myself and I have enough confidence to know that I can carry myself on this microphone behind a board at a radio station, doing a transcript, Doing any of these shows you hear on FIFA or any of these other networks where people get opportunities to cover WrestleMania for the media and get paid to go cover these shows for free and have hotels and all this shit. I know I can do it with the best of them. I can sit here and do the woe is me and acting like, oh, why are they getting this and I'm not? But I don't. It's not my time. I I can't. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have the answer for that. And I know I'm talking in circles here, but I, that really, when it comes to the situation, really, I have to let God show me when it is my time and what that entails. I, I'd be driving myself crazy and mental every single time I got told no uh, or rejection relationship wise or whatever. Like, I just, I have to keep things in perspective. And understand that maybe it's not my time now. Maybe this is not something I should be doing. I I, I have to let him play it out. Because it's him that got me to the point where I am today. I have a badass show. We've had over 700,000 downloads for this particular podcast. I've become one of, if not the best wrestling play-by-play result article writers in the last 10 years. I'm very blessed and grateful for stuff I've been able to accomplish in this field. But even then, I'm still not satisfied. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm content with where I am right now in my career. But also, I'm just not a person that's just going to drive myself nuts. Every time somebody tells me no, or somebody tells me no from a relationship point of view, or, or whatever, like... I, we're not guaranteed tomorrow that's another reality too you know i only can control how i feel how i act i can control how accountable i am with how i approach things accountable with how i take care of myself accountable by staying true to what i say and just being accountable for being a good fucking man you know I know that I'm good at this. I know I des- I deserve to be on a good uh, on a big platform. I know that I should not be uh, furloughed for my riding job. I know I should not be traded as a third rate tier wrestling media member. But all of this stuff that's been going on this particular year right now, where I could be at that rock bottom point mentally and spiritually, and asking like, why is it not my time? Why is this not happening for me? What am I doing wrong? (laughs) 
I honestly, I don't think he's going to have any sympathy for me. And how selfish of me would it be for me to do that? Why why am I not getting opportunities? Why am I not why am I not making hundreds and thousands of dollars a year uh covering wrestling or working in the media? I could ask those questions. I could wake up every day and be like, why am I not doing this? Why am I not traveling the world uh, playing music? Why didn't things work out with me getting a chance to go to Berkeley and Boston? All this stuff from my past. What, what, what does that do for me? You know? What does that do for me? I, I don't know whether or not God is on the right time for me or it's too late. Or whatever. Honestly, God's the only thing that's keeping me going at this point, especially professionally, with all the shit that I've dealt with this year, with the website and then losing my apartment and losing my job and all this stuff and questioning if I made a mistake getting into broadcasting. I could just quit. And it was part of me. It, about about this time last year where I was starting to question whether or not I still wanted to do this stuff. You guys saw how emotional I got uh, when we got to episode 300 of the show. How emotional I got and how raw and vulnerable I got to that point because I was just emotionally and spiritually and mentally and professionally unsure and just numb to what was going on. I could wake up every day and ask myself, what am I doing wrong? How do you go from having three sources of income to not making any money at all? How do you go from being someone that's being sought out for your transcripts and then you post out your G1 articles and yeah, maybe you get one retweet a day here and there. I can't control what other people do. I can't control how people see me. I can't control what God has in store in front of me. What I do have control over in the time that I do have here is what I do with it within myself and how I see myself. If I get discouraged, if I'm just at the point of no return where I, I just is not worth it for me anymore. Maybe that's that time where I have to reevaluate things, but I'm not there yet. I am not giving up. I'm not giving up myself. I'm not giving up on the show. I'm still doing this show seven years and I made zilch from it in the last three to four years since we lost out the whole stuff from Spotify when the pandemic started. I haven't made zilch from this fucking show. I'm not complaining. I'm still here. I'm still having fun. I'm still recording the show. Has this whole experience been frustrating for me and spiritually demoralizing from a confidence point of view and not knowing what my future looks like, knowing that I'm turning 30 next year and I don't have a job when I <laughs> guys, I graduated um, the Illinois media school when I was 20 in 2014, it's going to be 2024 next year. I've been so blessed and fortunate to meet 
a lot of great people in this process, like you, Mike, like Chris, like Sam, like everybody that supported this show, from Adam, who's my big brother, to Derek, uh, Matt, B-Rob, Referee Tony, the list goes on. I've been so fucking blessed for the people that have been part of this journey with me. And I cannot, <laughs> I just can't stop now. If I stop now, then I'm failing all of you guys. And I, I just can't do that. What helps right now is what I'm doing with this project with the weight loss. Whether that helps <laughs> with the situation work-wise, I don't know. I really don't fucking know. Honestly, I'm not doing my workout stuff just to, oh, see, maybe people change their mind of me. I don't give a fuck about that shit. Don't. I don't. It's the same thing with people, with friends. Like, I don't care what other people think about me. I don't. Because that's not in my control, nor is the energy I should spend on. So, whether or not I'm on the same wavelength of time with God or not, all I know is I love God. I'm appreciative of what he's done for me and keeping me strong and disciplined and being mature for my age not being a piece of shit and not, you know, being a freeloader and doing all this stuff. Like, I'm, <laughs> I am I can't explain my love and faith enough for the man upstairs. But whether it's my time or not in this field or whatever, <sighs> I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. And that's the frustrating part. That That really is the frustrating part. So... Let's continue on here. Um, let's see if everything's working here. All right, cool. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Um, how can you change the bear's uniforms or helmet designs if you could? Color symbols or bigger bear? Um, no, I'll, I'll find with their jerseys. They're fine. <laughs> I wouldn't change anything. Have you seen Barbie or Oppenheimer? And did you hear about Barbie having a deep message behind it? I'm actually surprised. Um, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't been to the movies in a while, so I haven't got a chance to see either one. I honestly, I I, I am kind of intrigued. I might want to see Barbie because John Cena's in it, but um, I'm not really into the whole Oppenheimer thing. It's it's not a movie I really want to watch. To be honest with you. Um, what kind of video game do you prefer to play? Immersive 3D environment or classic 2D scroller from left to right in most Mario games? Uh, probably the second option. I'm, I'm kind of old school in general. <laughs> um, any interest in Ninja Turtles overall, but especially that Mutant Mayhem movie? Do you have a favorite turtle? Mine is Michelangelo. Um, that's a good question. Uh... <laughs> Let me type this up. Let me let's take a look at this, and I want to see. I have. I think when I was younger, I think I might have been a uh, Donatello. Um. Yeah, I I think Donatello was my favorite one. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I think I got a mixture of Donatello and Michelangelo. So if you have. If you're asking me, my favorite uh, Ninja Turtle is uh, Donatello. And then um, I think some people might say I might be a Raphael. I don't know. (laughs) 
whatever Ninja Turtle you think I may be, that's uh, that's up to you guys. <laughs> but I, I am intrigued by the movie. I, I think it should be pretty good. Um, so <laughs> let's see how that works. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the next question here. Uh, so I was in Austin and I ordered a Pizza Hut melt curbside, but when I got there, I couldn't get to the curbside area because there was an armed police standoff against a van of people. I drove around the back of the building to get it, but what would you do? Walk over there, avoid the situation entirely, or drive around like like you did? Um, I would just... If I was driving, I'd probably do what you did and just drive around. But if, I don't know, curbside pickup is something I never thought about because I, I don't drive, obviously. So if I was at the place, I'd just walk into the building and get it. So <laughs> it's, hard to ask, it's hard to answer that because I don't drive. So uh, I think you made the right decision in driving around. Uh, he says here, my infant started to eat solid food now and everything else in sight if I let her so. What was the wildest thing you ever ate or were you told you are as a child? Oh, God. Um, that's hard. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. I mean, I was exposed to a lot of good food, a lot of good food uh, from my family. There's not really one particular food that I would consider that was wild, but, um, you know, being half Italian and half Puerto Rican, I've had my share of calzones i remember the first time i had that uh that was very good uh there was this uh, pizza place in chicago that's called bocce's pizza and they were uh they had very good calzones and then you know all this good puerto rican food i had over the years <laughs> still getting here at my wellness house <laughs> uh that's been nice uh since i moved here i'm <laughs> not gonna lie it's been very very good um but um, it's hard. I, I, I don't, I don't have a particular food for that question. Uh, who's your most improved NXT superstar after the first half of the year? Uh, I'm going to go with Von Wagner. Uh, that's probably a pick. Not, not a lot of people expect me to pick, but I'm going to go with Von. I think he's had a very good, uh, resurgence for his, uh, career so far this year. Uh, Guthrie says that Roman Reigns for the universal championship is not his dream opponent. Is that cap or no cap? Um, well, <laughs> that's just his opinion. It'd be a different situation when you're in that opportunity. Uh, maybe it's not a priority for him because, you know, he's the bad guy. He uh, Roman Reigns is also a final boss heel guy. Uh, I maybe it's not his dream as, like, a program right now to fight the tribal chief. So I, I think Gunther is a guy that's very, like, disciplined and just likes to live um, in the moment. That's kind of like what I was saying a little earlier as I was going on. I'm down my rant, but as I was talking passionately about my situation, honestly, how I keep myself holding ground is knowing the fact that I have to uh, be present and just live in the moment. I can't, I can't overthink things. I, that's that's something that I don't. That's not a quality that I have. I know a lot of people deal with anxiety and very anxious and uh, overthink every little thing of their life. I'm just not wired that, that way. I have to be um, cognizant in the moment that I'm in right now and just being present. And that's just how I've been able to really avoid bad conflict with people and just be me. <laughs> uh, so, 
That's how it goes. Uh, what has been your favorite NXT crossover this year that has come from Raw and or SmackDown? Good question. I think it's a, a mixture of um, Ali doing some good stuff in NXT. Um, I thought Apollo Crews had a good run at NXT. Um, obviously, the stuff here with Judgment Day has been a lot of fun to watch over the last couple weeks. More or less, I'd probably say uh, Ali and Corbin has been the fun stuff to see so far. That would probably be my pick. He says, thanks as always for your honesty. Uh, I appreciate it and keep trucking, dude. So I appreciate it, Mike. You guys did a great job with the questions. We did get one more question, though. I did not forget. I say the I say probably the best one for last today. Um, this question comes from my good brother, the one and only Brian Snow. Make sure you support his show and its content. Just type in the snowman and um, you'll definitely not regret it. That choice. His question here is the toughest battle you've had to face to date. And I asked him, is it the toughest battle of of how I'm feeling presently or of all time? And he said both. So I'm going to answer that question. So bear with me here. Um. I think for me personally, the toughest battle that I had internally for me is um, um, oh man, it's hard to pick, man. <laughs> it's gonna be honest, man. That this this thing called life has not been easy. Um, I want to say I wouldn't say that all of it's been bad either, though. I want I want to make that clear. For those who are watching and listening to this, um, I think I, I think for me, just for the nature of everything that gone on um, towards um, the end of my high school year and being a product of divorce, uh, it's just that time period in general. And um, there was a lot of things during that time period from a development and maturity point of view that I needed at that time that I didn't get. And um, I was exposed to a lot of different things. (laughs) And life shows you a lot of crazy things too, man. Uh, A lot of good things and a lot of bad things too. And uh, nobody's perfect. Uh, We all make mistakes and we all learn from things. And also, I'm also a person that I don't feel like I have to hold things over people's head. I think that's kind of unfair. I think people should learn from their mistakes. Um, I do think people deserve second chances. Uh, I, I, I don't like throwing things back at people's faces. That's why I kind of like chuckle and just like shake my head when I see a story. When I watch a show, for example, Saw Monster, right? Every time there's a topic of a show, he always has to bring in some snarky thing that was reported or whatever to throw it back at WWE. I'm like, why do you do that? Like, what do you get out of that? And I don't know why people conduct themselves that way too. Like, uh, oh, you did this, so I'm going to remind you over that you're a piece of shit. If there's something over the top, like you killed somebody or you're anti-gay uh, stuff or something like that or just the common stuff... Like that's you know relegated into be considered a piece of crap. 
more more than fair. I I I agree with that. But um, going back to what I was saying here, um, it's just um just that time period of everything falling apart, man. This during that time period back in the 2011 and 2012, man. That was the only part of my life so far where I just felt uh, completely empty. And just... That really was my point of no return. Of <laughs> I, I didn't care to wake up. I didn't care to be home. I did not care what was happening the next day. I just did not care. And that is a shitty feeling to go through. But that is just the truth, man. And I'm glad that uh, I'm also grateful for that time period because how I'm wired today, really the foundation of that is what I was able to do within myself to adapt during that time period. I think how measured I am. Um, Back then when I was a kid and younger, I'll admit I had a hard time controlling my emotions and just getting easily upset and easily triggered and snapping at people and lashing out like i i i struggled with that for a long time when i was younger and i one thing you guys know about me is i hold myself accountable so i'm not running away or saying that i've always been perfect because i haven't and um i have a lot of issues with like trusting people and letting people in and um uh, during that time period, it was also a period for me to understand that <laughs> this life is going to throw a lot of curveballs at you. And you're going to deal with a lot of things that you wouldn't expect. And it's really going to test you at times, too. And I'm, I took that challenge face on. And I realized uh, a lot of life really comes with independence. And you have to do it for you. And, you know, I have love... For my family, uh, all, all, all of it, right? But really, at the end of the day, you are living your life. There's a saying that uh, life, in a lot of ways, is dictated by the choices we make, right? And I, I agree with that to a certain extent. But also, you got to live your life, man. I, I can't live my dad's life. I can't live my mom's life. I can't live my sister's life. I can't live I can't live my grandparents' life. I can't live anybody's life but me. And when that was going on and I saw what was going on, uh it just opened my eyes to that. Like <laughs> you know, you you got this if you want to survive eternally within yourself, you got to do it for you. You got to you got to take control of yourself. And you know, maybe some people won't understand your motives. Maybe some people won't understand why you are reserved. Maybe why you don't want to do certain things. Why you may not want to surround yourself by certain people. Why you may not want to go to certain parties. Why you may not want to go there. Maybe why you don't want to go out to clubs. Maybe why you stay in the house all the time. All these other stuff that that's out there. I had to just really, during that time period, really take a step back and realize that I need to figure out first who the hell I am. Secondly, what my purpose is here. And three, making sure that my strength with my faith with the man of stairs was not going to be deterred by everything that was going on at home. And 
really, I think that's just the testament of why I'm still like grounded in discipline as I am today. Because even with me losing my job and uh, losing my apartment and everything this year, I'm still smiling. I'm still here. I'm still witty. <laughs> I, I'm still in good spirits. I'm still um, looking out for other people's needs and trying to give out advice to other people. And I'm not looking. It's hard to explain. Like right now, I think my life has always been centered around what's best for me. But I'm not a selfish, arrogant person. You understand? There is a difference. Where, like I live for me now. I also live and very appreciative of the family members who do show up for me. You know, like my Wella and Dithi and Jose and everybody have been awesome here uh, since I moved in here. And they've been fantastic. Adam is a brother. Brother Carter is a brother. Sam's a brother. Um, referee Tony's brother. Et cetera, et cetera. I'm appreciative and have care for and love for them. I have care and love for the people who do right by me. But am I going out of my way to be accepted by people? No. Do I want to be to fit in with other people? No. I really don't care at the end of the day. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons why I never got into a gang. It's one of the reasons why I never gone down the path of doing drugs and smoking and it's another reason why I don't actively go out to clubs my satisfaction and this is the if you guys want the truth of who Joshua Adam Lopez is my validation and external happiness does not come from who I'm surrounded by, what activities I do or do not do in or out of the house, and three especially (laughs) is caving into the stuff that other people do. I'm I'm not moved by peer pressure. I'm not moved by other people's opinions. I am not moved by idiot, how do you say it? Idiosity. I'm not moved by people who carry themselves like jackasses. I'm not a clout chaser. I don't need to drag people down to build myself up. Yes, I'm straight edge, but that's not make that does not make me better than you. Basically, man, I, I'm living on my own terms and I don't give two shits who has a problem with it. And that is who I am. So you want the truth? That's the truth. I, I believe in God. Do I go to church? No. Does that make me a bad Catholic? No. I say to myself, I speak with context. I don't just speak out of impulse. When I do a show, I'm adding context. I'm not just talking out of my ass just for the sake to talk out of my ass. I carry myself with discipline. And really, at the end of the day, I'm just me. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. Like, I'm not here to impress people. I'm not. 
my methods may be different or, or unorthodox to other people, but that's cool. I don't need to go to clubs every weekend to feel validated within myself of who I am, my age. I don't need to do drugs. I don't need to drink to, <laughs> for example, I don't need to drink and smoke and do drugs to get my mind away from stress. I think that's just a lazy fucking excuse that people go to. They don't know. They don't know how to have real. Uh, they don't know how to handle adverse situations. They can't handle conflict and real things without going to alcohol and drugs. I'm just not that person. Again, that does not make me better than those people. I'm explaining my situation. That's what it is. Okay. And no matter how many times I've been burned by people that I was supposed to trust, no matter how many times I've been told no in relationships or rejected outright, all that stuff is cool too. Or times I've been told no work-wise. At the end of the day, I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of the stuff I've been able to accomplish. There's nothing in this world that I cannot conquer. I've gone through shit, man. This year has been a hellhole. This year has been a hellhole for me professionally. Uh, spiritually and personally, this has been one more better years because I'm finding myself. And I'm finding a lot about my character and what makes me me. And tonight's been a very cathartic episode. Uh, I, I put the title of the episode called Combat and Judgment because I knew that these questions were coming today. So I knew that we're going to have a more deeper conversation than just wrestling. And I know I've been sharing a lot of personal stuff tonight and um, I'm not going to apologize for that. Like I said, this, this show is therapy for me and I appreciate each and every single one of you who have been hanging out with me tonight. All that being said, man, I, tonight really my intention is to show you who I am and you know, I'm just living my life and just happy with who I am for me. I'm not you. I don't have to be you. We can have fun and agree and disagree with wrestling. That's all fun and all. But at the end of the day, man, this the stuff that I'm battling, most people can't handle it. And as somebody who has uh, lived with mental health stuff, and having to start from behind because you had to take special ed classes because you had ear hearing issues at the time you were born. Having to take special ed classes, have people talk shit about you and bully you through elementary school. Uh, get behind kind of developing more social skills as a time. Deal with people assuming shit about you in high school. Yada, 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 the list goes on, blah, 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 people, <laughs> again, talk behind your back. Yeah, all this stuff I've gone through, <laughs> like, uh, at this point, I'm bulletproof. There's nothing that anybody that could, there's nothing, anything, there's not anything anybody could tell me in a negative connotation that I haven't said to myself. So I want you guys to understand that. Looks wise, personality wise, whatever, uh, uh, ambition wise, there's nothing that anybody's told me that I haven't told myself. And 
I'm proud of the stuff I've been able to conquer, man. <laughs> really, with everything I've gone on this year, I can understand why maybe I want to quit and want to have people to feel sorry for me. I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I don't. I don't. Because those people pretend that they are feeling bad for my situation and then forget about it the next week. Uh, you know, my dad has been awesome with me with this whole situation and being, um, you know, giving out encouragement and everything. He He's probably, like, my biggest supporter when it comes to, like, all this stuff with the podcast stuff and, like, doing my articles. He's the man. <laughs> he's been, like, so supportive with everything that I've done uh, with my broadcasting stuff, man. And I remember... Uh, him taking me downtown for my first couple of broadcasting school days down in LaSalle in downtown Chicago early in the morning. He's always been my biggest supporter when it comes to this stuff. So he knows my situation. He knows me uh, better than anybody. And <laughs> um, I, I can't be more appreciative for the support that he's had for me and um, the encouragement and everything he's done to make this move an easy process for me and um i couldn't be more grateful for that for that man <laughs> i can't <laughs> i can't he's been he's been the real deal uh so uh toughest battles man <laughs> life in general that's my toughest battle <laughs> uh all right so I want to thank mike and chris and the snowman for the questions this week as always if you want to participate uh, with the back porch Q and A session this week, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, when we come back, we'll go into happening uh, this week in WWE. We'll get into the G one, and then also we'll get into what the hell's wrong with AW right here on the Hoots Podcast. here on the Hoots Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show so far. Uh, time to talk about what happened this week in WWE. Um, this segment is going to be a little different because we got to um, predict uh, Great American Bash towards the end of it. And there's also something else I'm going to break down here with you guys. But briefly, let's go over what happened on Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, we talk about SmackDown uh, Santos Escobar. Um, will now be taking out Rey Mysterio in the finals of this U.S. number one contenders uh, tournament. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, speaking of Santos, he had a very good match with Austin Theory this past Friday on SmackDown. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, speaking of good matches, also want to give a shout-out to uh, Charlotte Flair and Io Sh- uh, Shirai. Um, I, thought they, I thought they brought a different pace to their match, but that was pretty good. And obviously, we had the uh, trial combat thing where now it is anything goes. I really like the line where Jay was like, um, 
if I want to hit you with a chair, I will. I'll put you at a table, I will. Uh, no, he's like, I'll put you through the announce. Uh, I will put you through the announce table. I want to. <laughs> uh, he's like, I'll go grab that old lady uh, slipper and whoop your ass with the ooze. <laughs> uh, man, I thought that was pretty funny. And then um, Solo was in his feelings for whatever reason during the segment, and he wanted to go attack Jay. Roman stops him. Jay super kicked Solo. We can see the Ryan the wall where Solo's going to cost Jay the uh, Universal Championship. This match is happening. It, it was made official. It will be the Tribal Chief against uh, Jay Uso in the Tribal Combat match. Kind of talked about this last week where it would be a no DQ match. And I'm kind of curious to see how things are going to play out not only tomorrow night, but the SmackDown before uh, SummerSlam because... To think that there's not going to be some added stipulations regarding the status of the bloodline and all that, I think we're, we would be lying to ourselves. Um, there's going to be more that meets the eye. I'm very interested to see what's going to go down with Paul Heyman and uh, Tribal Chief specifically. Do they do they get into an argument? Does Heyman point out that Roman is in over his head, in over his head, and underestimating Jay? Is that an angle they go with? Uh, do we get another confrontation with Roman and Solo? You know, Jay got the better of Solo uh, last week on SmackDown. Does Jay get his ass kicked tomorrow night? There's a lot of things to ponder here with this segment and the build towards this match. But um, obviously, the Bloodlines delivered the best content on TV. Ironically, with last week's show being on FS1, it was the highest rated SmackDown in the history of FS1 as they've been doing this partnership with WWE and FS1. And uh, it's crazy that FS1 edition of SmackDown outdrew Dynamite. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Let's continue on. Um, other stuff. Uh, again, people are crying and throwing hissy fits over the fact that LA Knight did not win the Invitational uh, four-way match. I, I can say a hundred times every single week. I don't want to be a broken record here, but LNI does not need a prop to be over. And there's another thing with LNI that people just choose to ignore. I'm not saying that LNI is a bad wrestler. I've seen him have good matches in Impact. I've seen him have good matches in the NWA. Again, for the hundredth time, I'm a fan of the dude. But there's the old saying, you know, this guy ha has all the tools, right? He's charismatic. He's over. He can talk with the best of them. He has to get the gab. He can do everything in in under the sun. La Knight's the man, right? <laughs> but and then and then the bell rings. And what I mean by that is that not that he has bad matches or anything. Again, I think he's a pretty solid wrestler, even though he's more known for his promo skills. What I'm saying is. The bell rings, and then people sit on their hands. Yeah, do they do the L.A. Knight when he does the elbow drop? But do people really care about L.A. Knight's wrestling when the match starts? Maybe they will now because they're trying to force feed this Daniel Bryan uh, 2.0 bullshit where we're supposed to play the angle, that the narrative that the company's holding L.A. Knight back because he got organically over. All these fancy-ass insider terms, right? <laughs> Here's the truth. 
watch the LA Knight match on SmackDown when he's not doing the shtick and the gimmick stuff and tell me if the crowd is on their hands and feet, on, on the edge of their feet or the edge of their seat when it comes to the matches. That's all I'm saying. If we're, if we're, if we're going to have the conversation that LA Knight deserves to be in the same vortex of Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and et cetera, et cetera, um, I, I need to see it. <laughs> I, I don't believe that LA Knight is going to be a world champion. And again, that doesn't mean that he's being buried or the company doesn't want to give the fans what they want. Why would you give somebody a briefcase if you know realistically the guy's not going to have a successful cash-in? Why, why now do we need to convince ourselves that LA Knight could defeat Roman Reigns just because he's getting uh, loud crowd receptions? <laughs> Is the bar that low in wrestling? So anytime somebody gets loud crowd reactions, oh, that person better win the Royal Rumble next year. That person better main event WrestleMania next year. See, that's the guy. That's the guy that needs to defeat Roman Reigns for the title, not Cody. Not Sammy, not Kevin, not Drew, not Seth, not Bray, not anybody else on the roster. It's it's always the flavor of the month. Oh, that's the guy. I like I like how simplistic we are as a fan base these these days, where we allow um, fantasy booking to cloud literally logic and the stuff that we actually see on the TV. Are you actually watching the show, or are you watching it within your own imagination? The figment of your imagination, your dirt sheet laden figmentation with all your fancy buzzwords of how things are supposed to go on these television shows each and every single week. So LA Knight is being held back by Vincent Bam because he doesn't have a, a meaningless prop that nobody's gonna give two shits about two months into his title reign. Answer me that question. The guy is over. Of course he's over. And then what? That's the question. So let's move on here. Let's get into Monday Night Raw. Very, very good show on Monday. I I think Raw is really picking up some momentum right now. And I think they're finding their, their wheelhouse. I think I said it when the draft went down. I thought that Raw had the better end of the roster than SmackDown did. I thought they did a very good job. It's more well rounded. You got multiple feuds in multiple divisions. You have multiple stuff going on with the women. Obviously, you got the Ronda and Shayna stuff. You got Trish and Becky, uh, Rhea Ripley within her own point of view. By the way, can we all just take some time to acknowledge the Judgment Day? Can we put some respect on the Judgment Day? Can we stop adding asterisks to their their momentum and their value in TV right now? I know everybody's on Vince McMahon watch, but to say that the Judgment Day is not successful because Vince has the pencil again is so fucking stupid. I, I heard that the other day on the show. Oh, the Judgment Day. I'm so tired of the Judgment Day. Oh, that's another example of why Vince's booking is just terrible. <laughs> man, I, <laughs> man, I would. I wonder how it would have been for me as a kid if I was like. I'm watching the ads in there. Oh my god, I can't stand Ed Ferrara and Vince Russo. I didn't even know who those two guys were. By the way, I did an interview uh, a few years back with Ed Ferrara. I thought he was a pretty cool dude, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. 
my point is, is like, you can't go a day without uh, watching any of these talk shows. And this 90% of the conversations about booking and creative. I'm like, is that the only reason why we watch wrestling? It sure as hell ain't that for me. <laughs> but um, Monday, I, I just think they're finding a groove right now. I really do. You know, the hot face to face conversation with uh, Gunther and McIntyre, the crowd at the ponder feet. And uh, Ludwig Kaiser, man, that guy is the definition of maximizing TV time. You will not disrespect the ring, NRL. <laughs> and then Corey Graves is uh, doing the impression of the poor guy during the match with Maxwell, which ended up being a pretty good match. Um, that, that was some fun stuff. Him and Gunther are going to beat the ever-loving tar out of each other at SummerSlam, and I can't wait for that. Um, Tommaso Ciampa and Bronson Reed, I thought was a very good match. Uh, Becky and Zoe Stark had a, another good match. Becky won, so for now she doesn't have to get a tattoo for uh, thank you, Trish. Uh, that match is also made official for uh, SummerSlam. Roman, uh, my, my bad, not Roman. Uh, Ricochet and Logan Paul had another segment. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought their previous encounter was better. Uh, this one was just more brief to the point. Um, this is the reverse situation with LA Knight, now with Ricochet. I'm happy Ricochet is getting a spotlight. The crowds are into his segment. He's getting more consistent weekly TV time. That's all cool and all. As opposed to saying, and then the bell rings, there's another saying. You, yeah, you have barn burners. You are a highlight reel. You're a badass in the ring. But when you talk into a microphone, <laughs> what could go wrong will go wrong. Uh, and I'm not even saying that Ricochet did bad on Monday, but there was just something off about that segment. They got another face-to-face confrontation uh, going on on Monday in Houston. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, so that is um, what's going on with Ricochet and Paul. Regardless, either way, those two are going to have a very good match. I think they're going to tear the house down in Detroit. So that should be very good, too. Again, this SummerSlam card is just stacked, man. Asuka and Charlotte and Bianca, triple threat, Cody and Brock. Uh, do we get a stipulation add to that? We'll have to find out on Monday when Brock gets back on TV. Um, Becky and Trish. Shayna and Ronda. Um, things were kind of open-ended here with uh, the Judgment Day and uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because Kevin Owens is currently injured. Uh, uh, Dominic and Sami Zayn had a very good match on Raw on Monday as well. I want to give those two a shout-out. Uh, so there's just a lot of good stuff right now in this SummerSlam card. I'm kind of curious to see what's going to go down tomorrow night. With the whole Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio match. What's next for the bloodline? Is Roman Reigns even going to be on the show <laughs> tomorrow? We'll have to see. But um, all in all, man, I, I really been liking the build up for uh, SummerSlam this year. And there's just like a lot more of a grudgy feel with a lot of the matches going into the pay-per-view uh, this year. As compared to other SummerSlam cards, I think there's just a lot more personal depth and issues with a lot of different um, programs. Like Monday, you know, bookended with the Judgment Day and the beatdown they gave to Seth Rollins. I thought it was fantastic. The contract signing was good. 
Uh, the way the show went off the air with Judgment Day standing tall over uh, Seth Rollins was good. You still had those layer layer of questioning of where things are going to go with Finn and Damian Priest. If that's going to be a conflict of interest. Um, there's a lot of questions and a lot of unknown answers. That's why we watch the show. So I, I, I think maybe you'll get seven or nine matches at best for the pay-per-view on Sunday. But we had to see where that goes. Coming up on Monday, uh, Cody Rhodes will be releasing his Peacock documentary, Becoming Cody Rhodes. And um, Cody did a car wash this week of interviews. Not only at the premiere of his um, Peacock documentary in Atlanta, but he did other interviews as well. Uh, We're going to play a couple of these for you guys. And um, the first one here is from uh, Insightful with Chris Van Vliet. I want to give a shout out to Chris. Chris does great content. I think he's one of the best interviewers in the uh, game today. And Chris uh, had a chance to have a conversation with Cody inside the tour bus. And um, this is uh, Cody um, having a fun conversation here with Chris. Let's play a little of this for you guys here. Oh, excuse me. I gotta, I gotta get this uh, screenshot here. <laughs> Live recording, pal. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, this one second. I got it right here. Um, let's play this right here. And play some bets on SummerSlam coming up. One of the biggest things that came out of the trailer for becoming Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. was Kevin Owens going, "Vince flew to him." Very polarizing line. Very polarizing, right? What was like the first thing Vince said to you? That's a good question. Uh, he, I think he laughed. Like he has that like, <laughs> I think he laughed um, because I kind of snuck in. Uh, the, like I, I, I like leaned over him. I think he, I, I think he kind of laughed. But I was, I remember going in to talk to him. I wasn't afraid of anything, and I was overcompensating almost. I was very adamant of, like, I'm not, and I've used the Bernie Mac reference a bunch, but he walks out, and the crowd's kind of booing him, and he tells him he's not scared of them. That's really where I was at. It's like, we're good. I'm not scared of anything here. Let's talk. And I was almost overcompensating because both Vince and Bruce were so welcoming, so, I, this is the term I can use, sweet, mm. and so positive about what I had done. Uh, at the fact that they knew what I had done and actually were citing different things. Like, I saw this, I saw this, couldn't believe it. Mm. Um, It was very self-affirming and it just went for like that type of happy go lucky. We're, we're talking about, I had, you know, Liberty was a year old or maybe not even at that time. And he's talking to me about what it's like to be a, a, you know, a, a dad for a daughter and how special it is. It was just beautiful. And then like in the last 20 seconds of the meeting, it's like, wow, Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, you know, what do you want to, it, it just, that's where the only business came up. And, uh, it was so, I, I told, I told Brandy, I would say this, but I, I was adamant about saying, I, please don't do one of those. Hey, this is the deal. If you leave, it's off the table. Don't do one of those. Mm. I have to leave and think about it. Mm. I have to. Mm-hmm. And even in your mind, you're like, yep, mm. I think we're going to do that. Even your mind, I have to leave to think about it and take some time. Cause man, we had made such massive decisions and I'm kind of a career left turn guy with, oh, no way would he do this. Nope. Okay. He went and did that. Oh, mm-hmm. no way would he do this. So this one was uh, going to be a, 
something similar, but really a special, special didn't feel like a meeting until the, maybe the last 30 seconds. So I was there in Dallas when you returned, mm. and the big question was, is he going to return with Kingdom as his entrance there? Oh. And what's so interesting now is, like, you return with Kingdom, but yeah. now the whoa is such a big part of your entrance. That's crazy. Who worked that in? Because it's... All right. Let's, let's put a pause on that one. Uh, let's actually remove this one while we're at it. All right, we're back here. Uh, that very good conversation there. I wanted to play that one because there was a lot of scud about what was going on with Cody in the uh, conversation with Vince uh, when he first came back to the company. So that was uh, Cody's interview with Chris Family. He had another one. This was the one I really recommend you check out the entire thing. This is uh, from the Sports Ill- Illustrated podcast with uh, Jimmy Trania, who's a very, very talented uh, broadcaster and journalist. Um, he's had a lot of WWE people on his podcast before. And um, this is this is a very interesting comments regarding uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, this is from the SI Media podcast with Jimmy Trania. Uh, this is Cody Rhodes here. I think you guys are going to get a kick out of this. Uh, let's give me one second here. Got it right here. Boom. Here we go. Was, was, that surprised me. That surprised me a lot. Yeah. Well, it's one of the, you know, it's funny because you mentioned there's the entertainment side and then there's the sports side and there's also the business side of it. So then I I was, you know, I had you on the podcast that night and I, I love the interviews. I'm like, you know, it'd be so great. Let this guy, you know, complete the story. That's what everyone wanted to see. So I was pissed off after two. And then I realized and I'm a huge Roman guy because he's been good to me on the pod. But then I realized the WWE does have this thing going with the bloodline storyline that is... I mean, to say it's successful would be a huge understatement. I think we all know what it's done for the business. Um, so I get from that standpoint why they want to ride that out a little more. But like I said, it's better, it's better end at some point with you getting a one, two, three on, on Roman, as much as I do like Roman too. But we, you know, you, you, you got to get your turn here. I, um, I've enjoyed watching what the bloodline is doing. And I talked to Roman in the ring face-to-face, I believe it was the week before WrestleMania. And I now look back at that interview and feel like I am some sort of fortune teller because everything I said in it, minus me beating him, has happened in terms of the the cascade of events that have fallen apart with the actual bloodline. And uh, Paul Heyman gets super kicked the other day. It's just all collapsing right in front of us for our, our viewing pleasure. I I will say the thing I probably took the most offense to <laughs> is I believe Roman did an interview at press conference after where he said, we're only in the third inning here. Something like that. You know, we're talking about the story and we're only in the third inning. And I thought, yeah, your third inning, your third inning, the, 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 the world of the WWE world does not directly revolve around you for a while. It did. It did. But we're in this period now where things are popping off left and right. I wasn't in the third inning. I felt like that was the, the bottom of the ninth for me. Um, and, hey, maybe there was some wisdom to what he said. But, yeah, that was a – I don't even know how to describe it. Just a big – the feeling of loss was the largest I'd ever felt in my career. And then the feeling of what do you do? Like, that's why I just kept wanting to look people right. in the eyes and t- communicate to them the best that I could. It's going to be okay. Better be okay. All right. <laughs> Red next WrestleMania. But... All right. 
There you go. I just wanted to show a couple clips there from uh, Cody's uh, car wash. They say they're in the business, right? The media business. A car wash. You're going to go to different radio stations and TV shows, and people want to hear what Cody has to say. Some very insightful stuff. And I, I thought I thought it was interesting that he had a point of contention when Roman did the whole, uh, this is not fast food. We're uh, making filet mignon. We're in the third inning, as he mentioned there in the interview with Jimmy. I thought it was some interesting stuff. I'd love, love to get your guys' thoughts about it in the uh, comment section down below. But um, anyways, that's the stuff going on this week with Raw SmackDown. Let's take a quick look really quick for uh, NXT's uh, Great American Bash, which will be taking place this Sunday live on Peacock. It's taking place from the HBC Center in Cedar Park, Texas, outside of Austin. This is a particular venue that's done a lot of shows with uh, AEW over the years and this very interesting building here for NXT to run this time. So uh the pre-show match is a match featuring Dragon Lee, Nathan Frazier, Ulisa Leon, and Valentina Verois against Metaphor Group of Noam Dar, Olivacada, Jakara Jackson, and Lash Legend. So that's a eight person mixed tag match on the pre-show. From there we have a triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship with Features Dirty Dom Mysterio against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. I think two things happen. Either uh, Ali wins or Dominic retains. That is my prediction there. From there, we have Tiffany Stratton uh, taking on the hail of Chase University in a submission match for the NXT Women's Championship. I think Tiffany Stratton will win that match. Uh, from there, we have uh, Gallus. Putting their NXT tag team titles on the line against uh, the families, Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo. Uh, how you do? How did? How do you do? How you? How you doing? Keep it moving. How, where's the gabagoo? Where's the gabagoo? Uh, I got uh, <laughs> I got Tony D and uh, Stax again. The victory over Gallus. Gallus has had a very, very, very long <laughs> run as tag team champions. I'm happy for the guys, but even I think it's time for them to drop the belts, and I think they will on Sunday. From there, we have the in-ring debut of Gable Steveson, as he'll be taking on Baron Corbin. I think um, Steveson will win that match. Um, from there, we have uh, Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport in a Weapons Wild match. That should be a lot of fun to watch because I'm a big fan of Blair Davenport. Uh, by the way, Blair Davenport. Uh, very, very good waterfall. <laughs> uh, but her and Roxanne should uh, put on the barn burner. That should be a fun physical match. They were all fighting over the beautiful pastries and uh, delicious gourmet foods in the <laughs> grocery store that they were fighting in the other night. Uh, but I think that uh, Roxanne Perez would probably win that one because since the show's in Texas. And then the main event features Carmelo Hayes against Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. Uh, clash of styles here, but I think Carmelo Hayes will retain here. But here's the question, though. This may be controversial. Does Trick Williams turn on Carmelo Hayes? That is the question. Just throwing it out there. Uh, you never know. But I think... I don't know, man. I don't know how much longer the Trick and Mellow gang are going to be together. Uh, I have Carmelo retaining and maybe some tension after with uh, Trick 
and Mr. Mello, the man who claims that he doesn't miss when he shoots. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not saying that's a wrong thing because uh, that guy delivers every single time in the ring. He is that dude. He is him, as a lot of people say. So that is my preview and predictions. No, for the Great American Bash taking place this Sunday live on Peacock. Go check it out. All right, folks, time to uh, give you our week two G1 Climax 33 report. I am Joshi. I've been doing nonstop G1 stuff since the beginning of this tournament. We're nine shows in. This week's been busy. We had a show Tuesday and Wednesday from Cork and Hall. Did both those shows. Had another one today that I did after I was done with my walks. Um, <laughs> it's been a juggling act. So I did three three straight of shows of uh, G1 shows. Mixing in the walks and everything. So let me uh, update everybody what's going on with these, the current standings as they stay. By the way, we're nine shows in. So right now, all the blocks have had five particular matches. Uh, no, not yet. The uh, the D blocks will have their fifth show on Sunday. Excuse me. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the A and the B block all have had five matches so far. Let's take a look at those standings. Let's uh, let's put that up on the screen if we can here. Let's do that, shall we? All right. We got it right here. Cool. So right here, current uh, standings here for the G1 Climax with the A block. Uh, Sonata is currently number one right now, undefeated, 5-0 and with 10 points. Uh, we have a two-way tie with uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Shota Umino with six points. Uh, Kiyomiya had another draw because him and Gabe Kidd decided to carry themselves like jackasses and fight <laughs> in the entire arena. Uh, and ended up getting a double count out in so some way he gained an extra point in that process But Shota Umino has been kind of on a run. He's won his previous two matches and he had two draws as well So that helps him out. He has six points uh, Gabriel Kidd has five and there's a couple of ties here with uh, Chase Owens and Hikaleo with four points I do have to give a, a shout out to Yota Suji. His record has not been great so far in this G1 but all of his matches so far have been barn burners. Hell, even the match today with Hikaleo was much better than I thought it was going to be. So I want to give a shout out to Yota Suji. He's been fantastic since he's came back from excursion. Uh, let's talk about the B block. Um, Will Ospreay and Okada are tied right now for first place with eight points. Will Ospreay defeated Okada clean today. That's right. Ospreay defeated uh, Okada straight up on today's main event show from uh, the G1 Climax. And um, very, very, very good match. He won with the Stormbreaker. Uh, so they're tied right now with eight points. Taichi has six. He defeated Yoshihashi today. And then there's a match of four points with uh, Yoshihashi, ELP, Kenta, and Tonga Loa. Then we go to the C block. And... The C and D blocks are really up in the air right now. Uh, Tama Tonga had six points with a big victory over David Finley yesterday. Uh, Evil still has six points with his shenanigans. God, I can't stand the House of Torture. They are brutal. Jojo Dutch. 
you know, I always hear on the GP podcast with uh, Rosenberg and Stack Guy Greg, <laughs> they always talk about, oh, that dude's a great guy. Well, when it comes to evil, he's a terrible guy. Um, speaking of the C block, Eddie Kingston and Ishii had one of the best matches of this tour so far. It's crazy. The two best matches on this tour so far have come from the C block. It was uh, Shingo Takagi and Aaron Hanare last week. And now this week was Ishii and Kingston from Corrigan Hall on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know what it is with uh, Corrigan Hall shows, but when it comes to Ishii, he's just like the master. He has bar burners there all the time. I, I remember a couple years ago with Hiroki Goto, I think they were the main event of one of those shows. And he, Ishii was fucking awesome. <laughs> When, when it comes to these Cork and Hall G1 shows. So uh, that match was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. And then the deep block, uh, Jeff Cobb defeated Zack Sabre Jr. yesterday in the main event of the Cork and Hall show for the C&D block. Jeff Cobb is the current uh, leader in the block with eight points. Zack Sabre Jr. has six. Uh, Shane Hayes had a big upset yesterday over Tetsi and Naito. So he has the points advantage over Naito. Naito has a uh, the advantage over Goto because Knight is defeating Goto. So when it comes to the G1, I had to make sure that I did this correctly. So those who defeated the previous opponent would have a higher ranking, even though they had the same points. Case of point, Naito over Goto, etc., etc. Haste over Naito. Uh, so that's what's going on right now. Let's take a look at some of the matches that will be taking place uh, this weekend uh, for my next batch of shows. I'm going to take a quick swig of water here. <laughs> All right, so like I said, the C&D blocks return for action on Sunday uh, from Aichi Perfecto Gymnasium in Nagoya. Um, David Finley will be taking on Aaron Hernari. That should be pretty good. Uh, Jeff Cobb against Toriano. Eddie Kingston versus Mikey Nichols. Tetsuya Naito against Alice Coughlin. Uh, tomorrow here, Ishii against Evil. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Shane Hayes, the battle of TMDK members. How about these two matches to wrap up the show on Sunday? Shingo Takagi against Tamatanga and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Hiroki Goto. I, I think those two are going to be very good. Goto's been dealing with a bad rib injury so far in this tour, and he got his ass kicked by Alex Coughlin the other day. I'm very intrigued by this Shingo and Tama Tonga match because Tama has been very feeling himself a lot recently. Not not in a bad way. Obviously, he's a, a baby face, but he's been uh, really feeling himself and saying how good he is and all this stuff. And um, he had a big victory over David Finley. That's been a personal grudge view going on with these two guys. And then coming up on Tuesday, so the next three shows for me will be on Sunday. That's the 10th. Uh, G1 show Tuesday will be the 11th and Wednesday uh, will be the 12th so I, I, I really do appreciate how New Japan has spaced out this tour when it comes to the dates uh, it's not G1 shows every single day but this week has been a lot <laughs> but next week um, uh, on Tuesday from Takamatsu you got uh, Kaito Kimiya against Hikaleo the Great Okan against uh, Yoshihashi Renderita against Chase Owens, El Fantasmo against Taichi, Sonata against Gabriel Kidd, Will Osprey against Tangaloa, Shota Umino and Suji. That should be very good. And then the main event for the Tuesday show for the A and B block is Okada and Kenta. That is going to be very, 
very good. So that is your week two G1 Climax report here on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And on that note, it's time for the main event. It's scheduled for one fall with an unlimited time limit. And if you're easily offended, that's a you problem, not a me problem. It's time what everybody wants, what they need. It's really good for the soul, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for another special edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Let's start this bad boy off in a three, a two, a one. Your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat. Your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now, right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now, my time is right, god damn now. The quality of the product and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high right now. But I do know that it's a real war between AEW and WWE. I'm still cashing fat checks, and I am still banging the hottest bitch in this entire place. It's time for... What the hell is wrong with AEW? Beat what the- your meat beat. <laughs> no. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with AEW? Brought to you by the good folks at the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Hope everybody's enjoying the show here on this lovely Thursday evening here, July 27th. Uh, by the way, happy birthday to the game. Triple H. <laughs> oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, this could go in a bevy of different directions here because this show of Dynamite last night was pure ass. <laughs> I'm just being straight, uh, keeping it 100 here. This show was the drizzling shit. But let's start off with some good stuff. And... Honestly, this is what it wasn't all too bad on Dynamite last night, but this one, this part of the show here was my personal f- favorite part of the show on uh, Dynamite last night. It's MGF having a backstage interview that they recorded the previous week after uh, Blood and Guts with their match. Um, and here they are with God's be- most beautiful creation. Renee Paquette here on the Hoots Podcast. Let's check this out here from MJF. Hope you guys enjoy. We'll now be facing FTR July 29th on Collision for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. How do you guys feel right now? Renee, I'm back from here. FTR, I liked you boys a whole lot better when you were my lackeys. To be honest, that was the pinnacle of your careers. Cash. Rocking a mullet in 2023? Very brave. Talking business in the front, party in the back, my friend. Every time you make eye contact with a woman, all they want to do is yak, Dax. I am so sick of your Mr. Clean, Yosemite Sam looking ass, standing in front of this camera with this microphone saying the same stuff over and over and over again. 
I love my wife. I love my baby daughter. I love this business. No flips, just fists. Yeah? Yeah? Well, here's what's going to happen, Dex. I'm going to take my fist on July 29th. CT, collision. And I'm going to punch you so hard in the face, you're going to have no choice but to spit out CM Punk's jockstrap. Because we are winning those AEW World Tag Team Championships because there's only three initials in this sport that matter. It ain't FTR, it's MJF because we're better than you. Baby. And you know what, truth be told, Max, I actually want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, because obviously when this tournament started, it was all about winning gold, yeah, becoming a champion here at AEW. But if I'm going to be totally, completely honest, it's become about friendship for me. Never in a million years did I think that we would be friends. Never in a million years did I think I would enjoy this so much, but I have. And Max, I want to make this very clear because otherwise I won't sleep tonight. You have nothing to worry about when it comes to the AEW World Championship. I, I was just giving it to you. But what you've given to me, your friendship, means the world to me. Because Max, you're not just my friend, not just a close friend. Max, you're becoming one of my best friends. I really mean that. Um, you know, I've been thinking long and hard, Cole, and, uh, win, lose, or draw, after July 29th on Collision, I want you to know, I'm gonna give you a rematch for the AEW World Championship, because I know how much it means to you. Are you serious? I, are you seriously gonna give me a chance? I saw the look in your eyes, hey, Ronnie! Roddy, stop. Max, please, just for a second, give us a second. Please. I'll be right there. All right. I'll be right there. You're lucky he's your friend. You gotta be kidding me, this guy. Roddy, you've gotta be kidding me. You've gotta be kidding me. I love you. I love you like a brother. I will do anything for you. But you are acting insane. You're acting crazy. You're acting possessive. What you're doing is you're pushing me away. I have other friends, Roddy. I do. And you need to trust me if you want to be mine, okay? I'm going to go talk. All right. I want to keep the positive vibes here at the beginning part of this segment because I know everybody expects me just to hate on AEW for every little thing that they do. But you guys got to listen to the show to really know the truth. That's how we work here in the Hoots Podcast. Anyways... Let's get into this really quick because this episode of Dynamite was asked. This is stuff that I just didn't get. It was just a complete waste of time. Uh, by the way, for the douche, douche canoes that are going after Ty and Valkyrie and Britt Baker last night, I get it. There's a couple slip-ups here and there, but y'all need to pipe it down a little bit. The, to me, uh, uh, Nimrod's out there tugging out with their chests out, acting like <laughs> they're God's gift to wrestling knowledge. Just calm down a bit. Uh, the stuff they're going after Ty and Valkyrie, that's just embarrassing, okay? I think y'all should really take a chill pill and look, at, look yourselves in the mirror before you talk shit about another person, especially a female. Um, let's talk about Collision really quick uh, from last week because uh, I do want to talk about stuff that I did enjoy. Um, the CM Punk uh, Darby Allen tag match with uh, Christian Cage and... Um, Ricky Starks, despite it being random as all shit, uh, I thought it was a very, very solid match. Um, 
Yeah, I, just thought, I thought it was some good business. And I thought Taya, speaking of Taya, her and Sky Blue had a pretty solid match as well on Collision. Um, I think Collision uh, right now for me is just to show that I prefer more than Dynamite. I say it every week, but Collision in a lot of ways just exposes Dynamite's flaws. Collision feels like a wrestling show. Dynamite feels like your mixture of TNA, WCW, ECW, GCW. It's just the the world's greatest dirt sheet festival. That that's what AW Dynamite feels like, and the show's just not good. Like I I have a couple of questions that I want to pose to you guys. First off, do any of you give two shits? Whether or not Don Callis and Chris Jericho form uh, join forces with each other and uh, make a new faction, they did this whole bit backstage with the other members of the Jericho Appreciation Society, and I'm like, this freaking group should have been done a year and a half ago. It's really crazy to see how the diminishing qualities of Chris Jericho in AEW. Since his initial run as world champion back in 2019. Yes, those early days of AEW when he was the world champion and doing commentary during the pandemic. Those were good signs. And ever ever since we got the fans back in all these past two and a half years. Chris Jericho's entertainment and quality of programs have gone boom, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. Just crumbling down to pieces. Yeah, here and there he, he um, has a couple... Fun matches when he reprises being the 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 lion, the the Corazon de Leon, you know, Lionheart Chris Jericho. Um, yeah, those those were fine matches here and there. But can you tell me honestly the last really good program that Chris Jericho that was in, was in from a singles point of view that had nothing to do with faction warfare? I, I, I'm waiting for that answer. And, Another question. When's the last time Jericho put on good TV? That's another question as well. Show kicked off as it usually does with Pockets taking on AR Fox. Uh, This is a mixed bag for me because there was stuff that happened on Dynamite that I did like. And then mixed with the regular BS that we see all the time. Now, for example, uh, AR Fox uh, joined forces with the mobile embassy. So they wanted to tell the story where Darby Allen's talk about uh, him and A.R. Fox being friends with each other. Um, that's why the reason why A.R. Fox was having the match with Pockets. I thought the match was random. It was generic as shit. Most of the same stuff you, sh- you see all the time with most Pockets matches. Okay. We all, we all get it that Pockets was going to win the match. After the fact, A.R. Fox attacked Pockets from behind. I didn't have a problem with that. Later on, Fox turns on Darby Allen. He joins the Mogul Embassy. I don't have a problem with that. That's all cool. Uh, honestly, the Darby and Swerve match was much better than the um, Pockets and AR Fox match. And again, Fox joining forces with Swerve is cool because those two have history with each other going back to the Lucha Underground days. I put the tweet out. It's like Dante Fox and Killshot are just back doing business with each other. And I think that's pretty cool for us old school Lucha Underground fans. Then from there, <laughs> so this is the response to Blood and Guts. The team that won were not on the show, A. <laughs> B, we had the Blackpool Cuckold Club 
cut a corny ass backstage promo uh, in the back. Oh my God, please keep all microphones away from Claudio Castanoli and Wheeler Useless. It's it's amazing to me how mid Claudio Castanoli has been since he joined AEW. And I hate saying that because I, I was a big fan of his in, uh, in WWE. Yeah, he did not become a world champion or get a main event push. But since he's joined AEW, I, I knew the moment when Chris Jericho defeated Claudio Casadoli at Grand Slam for the Ring of Honor World Championship. I knew his stock was going to fall down from there, and he was just going to become another guy or just the same guy that he was in WWE. And it's the same thing now. And I don't care that, yeah, he won the title back and he's still the Ring of Honor World Champion. That title does not mean shit right now. It just doesn't. And... This faction of the Blackpool Comic Club sucks. It's not good. It's not entertaining. They can't make up their minds whether they're good guys or bad guys. Nobody cares about Wheeler Useless. John Moxley is a parody of a tough guy wrestler. And Brian Danielson either cuts promos that are way over people's head or he's too injured half the time and he can't he can't keep pace with the other wrestlers anymore. Here's the deal, like I want to. I want factions to have some worthwhile purpose on the shows, but not just to have lame ass eight man hardcore tag team matches all the time. This is the best that we got. So your response to blood and guts is having the BCC in their feelings and going after pockets and best friends. John Moxley against Pockets now is a potential match. For Wembley or the United Center. Are you fucking kidding me? John Moxley. A parody of a tough guy. Main event guy. Against a parody of a wrestler. It makes all the sense. And it's on the perfect show. Because Dynamite is a parody. Of pro wrestling. It's a parody of a wrestling show. It's not good man. I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief with Mr. I want to be Minoru Suzuki and Pockets? Come on, man. I don't know what's worse. That or... Oh, it's time for Jack Perry to talk on a microphone because that's good business. Excuse me, that's good business. So, yeah, Jack Perry come out. He's getting interviewed by a skin phone. Once again, skin phone is absolutely useless on commentary. Um, so he won the FTW title. So I thought it was pretty funny. He comes out with black and orange. That's obviously to troll Taz. Taz has this complex. If you wear black and orange, you're stealing his gimmick and all that. And that's all fine to Danny. No harm, no foul. But every time this dude cuts a promo... I'm watching them. I'm like, you ain't shit. <laughs> it's like you're the fakest tough guy of them all. I just talked about Moxley, and I had to roll my eyes every time he kind of tries to carry himself as a tough dude. And now I have to hear this schmuck, this twat, <laughs> trying to pretend that he's a heel too. So out comes Jerry Lynn. They start running out this angle about the FTW not me, FTW title not meaning anything. 
Jungle Boy is talking shit about ECW. And I'm like... Okay. Outside of wrestling Twitter and dirt sheet blogs, does anybody give two shits about whether or not Jack Perry gets into a program with ECW Originals? This tired angle that we've seen the gazillion times on Impact... I don't get it, man. I don't. I don't, man. It was that that segment in itself was a waste of time. It really was. I talked about the mogul embassy stuff. All fine and dandy. Uh, uh, I really enjoyed the MGF and Adam Cole stuff. We played the promo for you guys, so they're having the match with FTR coming up on Saturday. How about this? Pac against Gravity. Okay. This is the weekly. Oh, let's talk about something that happened in WWE. Let's have Pac, uh, the man that ever, uh, the guy, the man that used to be known as the man that Gravity forgot, took on a generic luchador named Gravity. Cool. Pac gets a victory in a tumbling fest that was just there. Wasted TV time. Did not care one second. Then we had the main event. <laughs> this time we follow Blood and Guts. A random trio, uh, not even the trios, it's a triple threat tag match with Moxley and Claudio taking on the Lucha Brothers and Best Friends. Lucha Brothers win the match. Their match is all over the place. Paul Turner sucks as a referee. This match was a complete and utter clusterfuck. Just like this episode of Dynamite was a complete and utter clusterfuck. It was all over the place. Mind you, it is July 27th, by the way. We are officially a month away from All In at Wembley Stadium. And not one match that still hasn't been announced for the pay-per-view. Also... Where the hell is your women's world champion? And why is her program having to get started? Figuring the fact that she's from England and the show is in London at Wembley Stadium and you have no direction for her. Are we going to wait another two weeks before we figure out who her opponent is? (laughs) The scuttlebutt today is now that Will Ospreay is going to fight Chris Jericho at Wembley Stadium. Because of course. Of course it is. Chris Jericho can't get out of his own way. Everything has to be about him. Everything has to be about the Chris Jericho show. I don't know what's worse. That match. Or. <laughs> what I think is going to happen is. Jericho and take uh, Takeshita. Against Ibushi and Kenny Olivier. Chris Jericho, get off my TV screen. And Mr. Booker of the Year, can you tell me why you're lollygagging into your two biggest shows a year? Let alone the biggest show that your company has ever done? Can you, can you answer me that? So, we have this random triple threat tag match. All because... Moxley attacked pockets earlier. Now these two are going to get into a program with each other. Hooray! We get to see the BCC against best friends. 
Yay! I can't wait to see Wheeler Useless and Trent Beretta on Rampage soon. Oh, man. You know what I need to see? I need to see Fuck Taylor against Claudio on Collision or Dynamite in the, in the coming weeks. We need a trios match. BCC's. Uh, my bad. The BCC uh, against uh, the best friends in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Please, somebody put me out of my misery. Please, for the love of, of all that's good. And that, my friends, was AW Dynamite. And guess what? Next week, you know what we get? We get Moxley, Beretta, and Pentagon Jr. in a triple threat match. All because of the WCW afterbirth brawl that we had after the match is over. This is some top tier shit, man. Blood and Guts, big theme show, got a nice, decent rating out of it. Now we get back to Earth, and now the show's back to being under 900,000. Funny how that works, right? <laughs> um, let's get to the extra bit impression, because I'm just ready to wrap this up at this point. All right. Here we go. Coming live tomorrow night on TNT is another stellar edition of AW Rampage. We have the kingdom in action. Hit Carl Shida will be taking on the beast Nyla Rose. From there, we have the commander taking on Kip Sabian. And our main event, it's a tag team battle royale. With the winners, we'll be taking on the team of the winner of FTR against MJF and Adam Cole on collision. This is a number one contenders match for the AW World Tag Team Championships. From there, we go to collision tomorrow night as we have Buddy Matthews taking on, Dar- uh, my bad, Buddy Matthews taking on Andrade El Idolo. El Idolo's match will be on the line. This is a ladder match. And of course, our tag team main event it's for the aw world tag team championships it's ftr taking on mjf and adam cole from there we have bullet club gold taking on the team of action and ready and darius martin and a partner of their choosing more matches being announced on Twitter. Make sure to follow Tony Khan on Twitter at Tony Khan. Get all your tickets right now at awtix.com that's awtix.com all right. <laughs> also, I want to give a shout out to Christian Cage for just being a, a good old school heel with a with a tremendous and I mean tremendous turtleneck. So, all that being said, my friends, we pose the question each and every single week. We want you to know what the hell's wrong. Again, what the hell's wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. One word that people are using that was really... Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All, All right, right then. then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck, fuck this, this shit, I'm, shit I'm, out. I'm out. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh... 
what the gift that keeps on giving. That is what the hell's wrong with the AEW. Before we get out of here, there's one more thing we gotta do. It's a another fun segment that we usually do here on the podcast that hoots. It's called the Klein of the Week. One more time. Lot of no, uh, lot of uh, honorable mentions this week. We got the entire beat of the Blackhawks trying to make names out of themselves following the passing of Rocky Wirtz, the owner of the Blackhawks. Our, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Wirtz family and the Blackhawks. Uh, Rocky unfortunately passed away on Monday at the age of seventy. Um, I saw the news; I thought it was very sad. Um, also. <laughs> I, I wanted to nominate the twats on Twitter that are going after uh, Ty and Valkyrie uh, this morning. Uh, th- those are just twats in nature. But honestly, for me, there's only one t- uh, clown of the week this week. And I'm drinking water for one particular reason. We joke around here about waterfall, right? Waterfall's great. Sex is great, right? We all enjoyed the waterfall adventures, right? But I like to advise people on this podcast. I like to be a source of wisdom and good things for uh, the for the nature of human beings, if you will, on this show. And I like to say this for all gentlemen that are watching. Proceed with caution. In the cautionary tale of one Charlie Arnold, formerly known as Charlie Caruso. You see her, she's a, a dime, she's hot as shit, pure definition of waterfall, everything you want to list under the sun, she fits those boxes. And then she speaks. And then she acts like a human. She is beyond a clown of the week. I've been, kind of been going back and forth whether or not I want to address this, because honestly, I... I don't, I don't care about political news, so the fact that she's on Fox News doesn't really offend me personally because uh, I really don't watch that stuff. But the stuff that she was saying this week about uh, LeBron James' kid, who unfortunately had cardiac arrest the other day, the stuff she was saying on Twitter is just so fucking stupid and being an airhead that, uh, again, <laughs> you could be the greatest waterfall on God's green earth that does not preclude you from being an airhead and a nimrod. So, Charlie Ornell, you, ma'am, <laughs> Airhead Jones, you are the clown of the week. Alright, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to say goodbye and put a rib on the boat for this week's episode. Very fun, but also very cathartic episode as well. I thank you guys for allowing me to be vulnerable with you all tonight. I hope you guys have a wonderful evening. Make sure to follow uh, your truly at Twitter at the Who's Podcast. 
I'm on Instagram at Josh Lopez Media. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to our channel. It's run the road to 1,000 subscribers. Uh, like this video and let us know what you enjoyed or disliked about the podcast this week. Also, let us know in the comment section below what are you looking forward to when it comes to SummerSlam this weekend. If you want to support the podcast, all you have to do is hit us up at Cash App as well. Uh, Cash App using dollar sign Josh E. Lopez. That's J O S H I E. Lopez94. Also, the bookmark uh, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com And all that being said, folks, just remember to be uh, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates and pastry. Uh, nobody dictates and pastry life but yourself and the man upstairs. I love y'all. Have a wonderful weekend. Make sure to enjoy Great American Bash on Sunday. Next week will be time for a special preview edition of SummerSlam. Right here on the Hoots Podcast as the road to 400 episodes continue. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll talk to y'all next week. Uh, Yes, sir. Bye-bye, bitch.